just when you thought it was safe to be a kid again. Welcome to Hidden Agenda on Grand Fork's Best Source, your show today, brought to you by Executive Properties. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Austin says Barry and the team did a great job putting a deck skirt on my deck. It gave the deck a great finished look and helps keep my dog from getting covered in mud every morning. Would recommend them for any project, large or small. Tell you what, for that project you want done sooner than later, call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. And, and make sure uh, you also get a hold of Executive Properties. Give them a call if you want your snow removal done this winter. They do an incredible job. Hey, if you have any questions or comments uh, for myself, David Waterman, or Paul, the producer, feel free to call us up, 701-213-0863. Don't forget, you can follow us on Rumble, too, if you have any questions or comments. And before we get going, uh, let's do it. Our daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Here we go. Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Ah, what do you call a spiritual? What do you call the spiritual leader of Sesame Street? What do you call the spiritual leader of Sesame Street? I better turn these up. The uh, pastor of Muppets. <laughs> Actually, that's a good one. Uh, that wasn't bad. Metallica's got an album called Master of Puppets. Master oh, of Muppets. I got it. Or, okay. or how about this one? I'll, I'll do good. one more. One more for you. Inflation is so high. Pumpernickel is now called Pumper Dime. <laughs> I'd say Pumper Dollar. Oh, yeah, yeah Pumper Dollar. dollar yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or Pumper Quarter. Uh, yeah, that could work, too. How you doing, David? That's good. I'm, I'm well, thank you. Yeah, good, I'm, good. I'm uh, whew, glad I'm not a kid again. No, actually, that's not true. I had great. I, my my mother was f- amazing. She was phenomenal, uh, best mother in the world. Like, you know, but today, whew, wait till we get into it. You know, <clears throat> here's the thing, um, and and I, I'm kind of late on getting in on this one this morning, but um, you know, I hear it all the time, and I've I've probably said it a million times, and I've probably said it on this show too. You know how they say they don't raise kids or they don't make kids like they used to. Right. Um, I my answer <laughs> or my reply to that is um, it, it starts at home. It, right. all, it all starts at home. Yep. You know, I, I hear people complain about the movies on TV. I hear people complain about the music, and I hear this and what they're doing with their cell phones. And I'll set the rules. Take them away. Take their phone away if you have to. Yeah. Do what you have to do. But it does start at home. Uh, but, yeah, they, their kids just aren't the same anymore. Yeah, but no, neither is parenting. But to your point, John, uh, I know uh, a couple uh, – I know some parents who have – five children, I think four or five mm-hmm. uh, children. And the first two, they uh, they live in North Dakota. They're in center, central North Dakota. They didn't let them have cell, they didn't give them cell phones. They had extremely restricted access to the internet. And I don't even know if they have television uh, where they live because it's pretty remote. Mm-hmm. It's Calvin, North Dakota. Maybe they have t- TV. Anyway, very restrictive in terms of what they allowed their kids to... Uh, to gain access to. And I, th- I think I've talked about their, their two boys before. Their two oldest boys grew up to be the finest young men you could even imagine. I mean, they're polite, they're hardworking, thin, strapping young bucks who, uh, who, who, who love to work. And, uh, you know, they'll, <laughs> they'll jump over hoops if you need a hand uh, to help you out. They're just, they're just, 
they seem like there's somebody from you know uh, 150 years ago mm-hmm. that kind of off the farm and they are farmers then their younger children they let them have cell phones and had some limited access to the internet and th- there's there's a stark contrast between the two i mean they're all good good kids sure that family has all good kids but even the younger kids admit that they don't work as hard as their two older brothers. Yeah. And they do recognize, they think it's directly a result of having the cell phone mm-hmm. and social media and all that garbage. Because okay. it, it hurts kids. Um, and, and, and this is what we are going to be talking about. I forgot to do my little monologue here. So I, I want to go over a couple of things first. Uh, Joe's disapproval rating now, 55.4%. Oh. Um, we got to get that in there. Um, <laughs> did you hear that he was receiving these monthly payments from a business account from... Hunter for his truck payment monthly, yes, because he couldn't finance it himself. Hunter Biden couldn't even get a loan for a truck. That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. Um, and of course, we all know uh, Bergham dropped out of the presidential race yesterday. Oh, shocking! Yep, yep, shocking. Um, how about this uh, from Newsbreak? U.S. Navy medic reveals surge in heart-related issues among military pilots post-COVID nineteen vaccinations. Shocking. Um, yep. Again. Um, or how about who would have this? <laughs> Pfizer and its partner BioNTech. Mm. Well, they could be open to lawsuits now uh, for including DNA sequence to their COVID 19 vaccine. Now, this is according to several lawyers. Now, the Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act, we all know about that, uh, largely shields co- um, you know, the, the manufacturers, the, the big pharma, um, from lawsuits, but companies can be sued for willful misconduct in this deal now, which includes acts taken intentionally to achieve wrongful purpose. Now, that's according to Matt Staver, chairman of the Liberty Council. He said that to the Epic Times, uh, so it was in that one. Um, And one more thing here, quick one. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's daughter said January 6th was a hoax. Uh, She said this uh, in an interview. Uh, I don't think she realized that the mic was on. She said it was a hoax, a marketing gimmick to um, gimmick to propagandize the public into believing Trump supporters are dangerous. So um, all that just came out here in the last week, and, and I'm sorry I didn't kick that off right at the beginning. It kind of went away no, from what we were talking about. I, but um, I also heard that the, they're investigating the January 6th committee for corruption. Yes, they are. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah are. they should they're investigating. be. Yeah, they, and those people should go to jail. Those people on that committee should go to prison mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because they wrongfully accused and convicted and, and brought false witness, false testimony against the, the people that were there just to, to exercise their constitutional rights of freedom of speech yeah. and to be in the nation's capital. I mean, it, it, all, those people should go to jail. And the people that are in jail should get out of jail. Yeah, yeah. Do you know how many people, I think it's, uh, what is it, four people who went to the Capitol on January. It's at least a half a dozen that are dead. But I think that three or four of them have committed suicide mm-hmm. because the pressure being brought down on them has been so horrendous. They, these are patriotic Americans who broke no laws, mm-hmm. who are being punished to the point where they, they think they're, they're, I mean, some of them were fearing life in prison. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so uh, for being at the wrong for, place in the wrong time for being at the right place at the time that was perfectly fine for them, except that they didn't realize that the communists in our in our country, in our government, the anti-Americans in our government had already planned this whole thing to make them sure. look like kooks right. and to spur them on and say, we got to get in there. We got to go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. They, they were there. They, these were federal agents. Mm hmm. 
that were there. And we know this now. And as they release more tape, more security footage, more of it comes out who these guys were. And the question is, who, who sent them there? And who put them up to it? Right. And who gave them their instructions to, 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 to get the crowd riled up so that they would start doing things that they could later be accused of? And be put in jail, and then and then be accused of being violent. Like mega Republicans are violent people. I mean, the whole thing. Yeah, it was a hoax, and uh, and it was effective because a lot of people believed it. It's interesting that Pelosi's daughter isn't it interesting. Pelosi's daughter admitted that. Yeah, and the son of the one of the founders of Hamas has come out and said Israel must utterly destroy Hamas. They, they have no choice. They must destroy Hamas. Hamas yeah. is. It's, it's, it, it must be destroyed or there will be no peace. Yeah. Interesting what happens. Very. Uh, some of the children. Murray um, Stewart is saying uh, she'd be interested in discussing the World Pandemic Treaty coming up in May of 2024. Maybe that's something we should think about for a Oh, we'll talk up. about that yeah. for sure. Yes, sir. We will talk about that for sure. But for now. Yeah. Let's talk about kids. Let's talk about kids. What's going on with kids? So, so Paul, you sent me a link to a video that we can't show. I don't know. Could we show even up? Well, we can't because we don't have. Dean is gone uh, for the day. Uh, we we don't want to anyway. We don't want to. He he. Uh, John, I'll tell you what it was. He sent me a link to a video that was Cardi B. Yeah, who's a singer? I guess yeah. is she a singer? Yeah. Well, I think she is. Or she's a. Yeah. A lot of people think she's she is. a wannabe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Singer wannabe. Uh, I didn't see that she had any talent at all in that. A lot video. of them don't. No. <laughs> Like, or looks, just, or, just, or rhyme, that either. just rhyme to a, a two beat. So wait, did I just? Could that be a hit? Did we record that? It maybe could be. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, getting to your point earlier, you know how it, uh, you said that it, you know, it starts at home. So the song that I sent the link to uh, David is uh, for WAP. Which was uh, number one hit on the billboards for sixteen weeks straight. Now, number that, one. What does WAP? mean because in Wet. my day WAP meant something else no, it's white anglo sax no no that, no oh no no I know what you're talking yeah. about yeah yeah you're right that yeah. was a pejorative used against a particular racial group yes yes exactly Except yes. this is just WAP oh that's an acronym for wet ass pussy oh my gosh now and this is why I'm getting to your point of you know how it starts at home you know back when I was a kid we had HBO well then you know, my parents saw Sorry. that I was watching, a, you know, a movie that wasn't appropriate for mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. So they canceled HBO. There you go. Well, well, nowadays, you know, everything's on streaming services. And so when you get to, the, like, uh, you know, the video for this song, WAP, it's absolutely disgusting. I mean, they're basically just looking like prostitutes and whores. And, you know, and, the, and they change the lyrics to wet and gushy so that they could put it on cable television. Now... Do you just cancel your entire cable network because they're just swapping words around so they can sneak it in? What cable yes. television is that on? I mean, I've never seen it. So, but I, I mean, I don't watch MTV or any of that crap. But I mean, right? And you, you know, and you said you know you can take away a kid's cell phone, but they have access to this stuff pretty much anywhere you can go now. I mean, mm. you, you know, they you, you let your kids go on YouTube. Well, you can try to restrict what content they want to watch on YouTube, but again, that's going back to them changing the lyrics from, you know, wet and wet and gushy, and it's playing on the radio, you know, yeah. and so you know these kids are they're, they're all just the getting exposed to it, and there's really 
I mean, you would have to go through hoops and bounds to try to, you know, limit the access of this this crap that kids are seeing. Yeah, no, you know, that- it's funny because all the years of rock radio I worked, uh, there was a few songs where they would um, just blank out or change yep. a word like the f bomb. Yep, might be in a very very few songs, and they might they might f that out or blank that out or put a different word in there, but. That's nothing compared to the crap that they're playing now. And, and oh, okay, it's, uh, you can't say the F-bomb, but you can talk about a wet-ass pussy. You should hear the lyrics in this geez. song. So, so when, it's horrible. So when they, when they play it on the radio, do they, do they dub that in too? I mean, do they change the words on the radio? Uh, they change mm-hmm. it to wet and gushy, yeah, wet they and gushy on the radio. But the rest but, but of the, the lyrics are yeah, all are still there. there. And they're yeah. disgusting. They, so, John, you, it's, I find it interesting. But, yeah, because you played, you played rock for a lot of years. A lot of years. 40. And, 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 you, <laughs> and you, just said, you just said that you don't watch. I think that if I was going to quote you, I, I think what you said was you don't watch MTV no. or any of that crap. Right. And that, that's a great statement because that's what it is. There was, I read an, art, uh, an interview, uh, an article written by a man who sat next to the – this is 20, 30 years ago – sat next to the editor – of uh, one of the producers, a producer at uh, of MTV. Okay, and he started asking him, and the, the guy that the guy that was sitting next to him was a Christian man, and he, he was talking to him about MTV. So, what is MTV all about? I mean, what are your what are your goals? What are your what's the what, you know what's your focus? And he said, people think it's entertainment. He said it's not. It's not about that. It's not about entertainment. Mm-mm. He said. He said the goal of MTV is to change the way young people think. Yeah. We want to get inside their minds and change how they think, change what they value, change the way that they see society, the way they see the world. And we're kind of seeing the results of that. I think they've been very effective with a couple generations of kids, and they're still going. So it's not an entertainment, it's not an entertainment channel. Mm-hmm. That's not what they're there for. They are there to pervert them. And I'm telling you, they're not pushing Judeo-Christian values no. on that program, no. are they? <laughs> no. no. They're undermining authority. They're undermining parental authority. They're undermining uh, morality. And this, 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 it was, so I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, there was an ad, Hardee's did an ad uh, for their patty melt. This little, this big hamburger with a bunch of cheese yeah. melted. And they had a woman who was the patty melt. And she did this 30 second commercial. It was disgusting. It was pornographic. Without any nudity, okay, no nudity, just porn. It was, it was vile and disgusting, and they're targeting this stuff at kids. Uh, they got massive blowback for that, by the way. Uh, Hardee's did, and they closed in Grand Forks. There are no more Hardee's in Grand Forks. I was happy to see yeah. that. Um, mm-hmm. But you can't, and so this same this, and that's what that that music video reminded me of, because it's just disgusting. It's like. I mean, the uh, it, it was almost worse than pornography. The the idea of pornography is to to titillate, right? To to arouse, to yep. excite uh, sexual passions in the person that's watching it. But this was just disgusting. I mean, it wasn't even sexy. It wasn't. There was nothing attractive about it at all. It was just like 
It was just this vile portrayal of these women shaking and, and baking and, I mean, it, it, talking no. about it was animalistic yeah if they could bake while they shake if they, <laughs> then i might give them a couple of minutes of my time but See, they're taking this they're taking the strip club and putting it in music videos well they kind of are right, right but and it was but it's even worse i mean it was just i've never been to a strip club so i don't know what they're like but i've seen portrayals of them uh I've seen movies where they walk into a strip club and you see in the background you know they're blurred out or mm. whatever but this is just disgusting. I mean, it was animalistic, grotesque, um, uh, non. It was dehumanizing. Yeah, the, the behavior of all those women on the screen was dehumanizing. Well, and like going back to what I say about uh, you know the access to all this stuff now, you know, I had um, so there was a kid that was over uh, during some family event, and got a hold of my mom's phone and started downloading a whole bunch of porn. Now, so my on mom, your mom's phone. Um, Cause yeah. So brilliant. So, you know, I mean the kid, you know, found a, a cell phone, just laying around, grabbed it and downloaded all this. And then my mom was like, get this off of my phone. And you know, you can get, you can punish the kid. You can ground him for doing it, whatever, but the damage is already done. He's already watched the porn. Right. Right. How old was he? Uh, you know? probably 12, maybe. And how the hell do they learn how to do that? Wow. Yeah. I mean, 12. just grab a random phone and be able to do what you want to it, you know? Um, yeah. Marie Stewart says uh, public radio as well. Uh, and, of course, public school requires use of Internet and devices for majority of schoolwork. I get that, but there should be people. I, I, I don't know. I mean, we didn't even have hardly computers when I graduated. But um, uh, And who are the biggest leaders in the music industry? I'm not quite sure where she's going with that, but I'm guessing uh, it's probably rap. I mean, if you want to mm-hmm. call them. You know, look at some of the big leaders now. They call them, you know, the, the you know, Puff Daddy or, you know, whoever they all are. And, and even now when it comes to the award shows um, and even the Hall of Fame inductees and stuff, half of these, they're not rock. I mean, they don't even have a real rock nope. category anymore. A lot of these, and, and believe me, we have had some incredible rap artists in this studio where I actually would call them artists. Musician, really? Really? the stuff you see on TV now, like Paul said, two beats—they're crap. It, it's yeah. just crap. It takes no talent. Right. Try to play an instrument; you probably couldn't even play the damn triangle, you know. Let alone, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, it, sh- um, no, no, tambourine. Uh, more cow- more cowbell. Too much. Yeah, yeah, it, the- yeah. <laughs> if they could master that, even. But um, it, it, it's just changed. I don't get it. Um, how do you sing along with talking? You know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, they, I mean, they can't sing. The, it's a show, and, and I think that it's designed to pervert the minds of the children. Mm, sure. I really think that that is the goal, because there's, there's zero socially redeeming content in any of those songs, mm-hmm. so-called mm-hmm. songs. Certainly not the one that, that Paul sent to me. Now, yeah. think about the... What what are when I went to when I was in high school the uh, the choir teacher referred to what they played on your radio station as you know bubblegum uh, yeah, pop or something I used whatever to call it, it bubblegum yeah. yeah and um, but you look back look John consider what they're playing today with what you were playing I mean <clears throat> compare anything on the radio today to uh, Hall and Oates for oh, example yeah, yeah. right yeah. I mean. Uh, that's what I was just about to say, because uh, my wife gets mad at me because she always says I don't, don't need to give her another music lesson. 
but I'll pull up videos of musicians from, you know, the late 70s, early 80s, yes. like, you know, Electric Light Orchestra and oh, stuff like ELO. that. And, Good musicians. Yeah, Chicago. And, but, and you see them when they're playing live, and mm -hmm. you see, like, them, all the... The talent, uh, the talent that it takes. to make yeah, to, right. for the instruments the that they're skill. playing, the, yeah. And then, right. okay, now look at somebody that's playing live today. Yeah, for the I, Super Bowl, or, or excuse oh me, for the gosh, for the big yeah. uh, dish uh, program. Yeah, you can't yeah. say that without permission from the NFL. Oh, oh yeah, or the, the iHeartRadio Music Awards, whatever. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's uh, no, I forgot where I was it's, going with sorry. this. Sorry, no, he was I don't even listen to radio hardly at all anymore unless i'm listening to sports or no. classic rock right i mean right country has changed it's, yep. i mean if you, you give me some old classic country i mean yeah the, the jason aldean is all right and the things like that but it's bro country now and it's just everything is bro this oh, really? bro that yeah, no no it's let's like, take, on, take, take me back to the gallon brothers yeah larry uh, gatlin larry and the gallon. gallon brothers band are Those, you kidding me yeah they were great yeah you know i interviewed him when he was in town i did too yeah. that, did you <laughs> yeah. really well, it, what a great guy yeah. i mean what a truly great guy and he said during this show I, it was at the fritz mm -hmm. and he said yeah afterwards we're going to go out to the chinese uh, place Closed now. What is the one yeah. out by the Shangri La? Shangri La. The, uh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Shangri La. Sure. He said, and I talked to them afterwards. I said, so you mentioned, you said that you're going to be going out to the Shangri La to mm -hmm. several hundred people. Aren't you concerned that you're going to get mobbed? He said, Nah. I said there'll be a few people out there, and they'll they'll come up to the table and they'll ask for autographs. But he said. Most people are pretty decent. Yeah. And they know that you want to just be sure. you know sure. be able to enjoy your meal. And I said, Wow, that's that's amazing. By the way, I spoke, and you, you, you might not like this, John, but I had a friend that worked at the, at the Fritz for several years when she was a student there. And I said, you know, every country music artist I've met, Larry Gatlin, Mel Tillis, Barbara Mandrell, they were all really, I mean, they, they came across to me as truly nice mm -hmm, people. Mm -hmm. And she said, I said, so what are they? I said, but you see them behind the scenes. You see, them. I said, what are they? She said, no, David, they really are. Yeah. Yeah. She said, they are genuinely nice people. I've met all of those people you mentioned, except Barbara. I met her sister, Louise. Oh, yeah. Louise she's is a better-looking one. She's talented, too, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah, I've heard the lead singer of Nickelback is a real super guy. We met yeah. him. He's not. You know, uh, <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> I actually gave... Uh, I was there with a friend of mine that worked in radio at the time, because I was mm -hmm. in radio at the time I met her, uh, and he asked for her autograph. And I pulled out a card, one of my business cards, <laughs> and I signed it, and I gave her my autograph. I thought, it's only fair... You know, we're going to exchange autographs here because I said, hold on to that. I'll be famous someday. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had a, I think I had a pretty good sense of humor back then. And she did too because she took it. <laughs> and she smiled. She was very sweet. But I asked my friend, what about the other, what about like when rock stars come in here? <clears throat> what are they like? She said, they're terrible. She said, they, they treat us like crap. They, they destroy the equipment. They have no... Uh, uh, respect for the facility, you know, they, they trash the rooms. She said, they are terrible. I said, that's very interesting. And I'm sure that they're not all like that, but the ones that she, uh, that she saw was. So, so again, going back to, you know, I mentioned Hall and Oates. Think about a song like, you know, Wait for Me by Hall and Oates. What a, I mean, that, this is a guy that's basically, it's, I, I think it was actually written as a result of their experiences on the road because they're on the road. If mm -hmm. you're on the road and you've got a girlfriend and she's back home, that can get stressful after a while, right? You're gone for sure. long periods of time. You're not married. <clears throat> and so the song, Wait For Me, was basically about 
that who was it? Daryl Hall was the who was the singer? Was that that was uh, no, uh, Daryl Hall? It? Yep, Daryl Hall was yep. the singer. Yeah, yep. And John Oates was the it's Hall and Oates guitar. and Oates's mustache. There, that's who it is. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> that makes it easier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's interesting because those guys were about as different. Yeah. Off stages, night and, and day. Right now, they're still fighting. Uh, there's lawsuits involved in the whole oh, bit with these seriously? guys. Seriously, yeah, it's too wow. bad. That yeah. is too bad. But they said, uh, but yeah, I heard Daryl Hall talking about that, and he said that the only thing, the only thing they had in common was their chemistry on stage mm-hmm. musically, mm-hmm. because musically they were phenomenal. Uh, so anyway, they're t- so it's I think it's Daryl's girlfriend. Who, who also was the inspiration for the song Sarah Smile. Sarah Smile, yeah. Because um, he was dating Sarah at the time, never married her. But uh, but he was basically saying, wait for me. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he says, I'm sorry for all the trouble I'm causing you. It's a great song. You compare that to the songs today. I mean, there's nothing. That, no. Musically, lyrically, uh, morally, well, there's, there's no comparison. Well, the thing that I, I think that's really funny about it, too, is, you know, this cancel culture crap that's on there you know they trying to take down that jason aldean song oh yeah you know but oh, yeah. they don't go after any of these rap songs no. that are just completely kill disgusting. shoot yeah. cap, put a cap in a cop and if, you, when this, if you love me you let me beat you or tie you and beat you up right? when, when yeah. this uh i remember because when this wet ass pussy song came out and it was number one on the billboards for like i said 16 weeks you know what they canceled in that same time frame no baby it's cold outside yeah they canceled yeah. Baby It's Cold Outside. They made, made them take it off the air and everything. And then WAP was number one on the Billboard unbelievable. hits. Unbelievable. Yep. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> so um, so here's the thing, John. You're right. It does start at home, and the, and the parents have responsibility. But at the same time, Paul's point is equally valid, that there is so much anti-moral, sure. uh, anti-family garbage out there, yep. and it is being promoted with billions of dollars right, and right. people that have the, they, they, they run the, the airwaves and the internet, mm-hmm. right? They cancel and censor what's good and they promote and push what's evil and perverted. And, and we're, we're paying the price for it. There's a, there's a, a very, very, I mean, one of the most disturbing articles that I ever saw, what, you know, you know that one of the things Midwest Public Health Coalition was about from the very beginning was protecting kids. Yeah. You yeah. know, stopping them from putting masks on kids, stopping them from jabbing kids with this, this artificial mRNA and, and, and doing who knows what kind of damage them down the, down the road, which we know now uh, a lot of the damage has been happening. But, but there, here's an article in the Epic Times. It's going to be really hard not to read the entire article because it is, it's so compelling and it's so well uh, um, researched, uh, the people that they talk to. And it's called, it's, it says, the, the title is Parents' Disorders Driving Surge in Trans Kids, according to psychiatrists. In other words, what it, what it describes is uh, there's, this, there's this term, it's, it's, a, a, it's an official condition known as uh, Manchusen syndrome by oh. proxy. Yeah. And it refers to parents who, particularly mothers, who imagine that their child has some bizarre medical condition and they got to figure it out, right? And they, so the doctors are trying to... Fi- and they, and they, but it's, it's made up. Yeah. And it causes tremendous harm to the child. Mm-hmm. And it actually causes great harm to society as well. Because apparently it's it's more common than because mom we is would cuckoo think. for cocoa puffs. Mama is cuckoo. Well, yeah, as a, exactly. As a pediatrician, so pardon. Remember that video as as a pediatrician. Oh yeah. As, oh my goodness. 
Yeah. <laughs> so the, the, some of the some of the worst people are the ones that are in the in the the, the industry right now. Sure. Right? The, yeah. the medical industry who are pushing. But so so it so the article talks about both of these things, um, and so so they've got so man choosing by proxy, uh, man choosing syndrome by pro- by proxy, also known as MSBP. They're taking that that official title of an official syndrome that women have that they generally women uh, that they impose on their children and do great harm to them. And they've changed it to transhuman by proxy. There's a transhuman oh, by sure. proxy. Yeah. It's not an official title of anything, but, but it, it serves the purpose. Here's what they say. Um, uh, trans, it, 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 it also has very real effects on society. They point to headlines like the one on pride.com in May, which, which says 15 celebs who were out and proud of their trans and non-binary kids. So celebrities are promoting that their kids are, are gender dysphoric, right? Or sex dysphoric. They don't know who they are. They, they are ma- they're males who think they're females. Or they're females who think they're males. And they're promoting that. As if this is a good... Years ago, 30 years ago, I read a book. I, I think promoting it is the wrong term. I think you're celebrating it. Celebrating it. Well, yeah, they that's celebrate what it. They that, say, yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah, but they're actually promoting it because right. other people right. see it and they go, Oh, wow, maybe I should. Oh, did you see that? Whoever it is, uh, Cher, Jennifer Lopez, Sadie, is that who's Sadie? I don't even know that name. I don't either. Sade, Sadie, I don't know. Uh, and Char, Charlize Theron, Charlie, how do oh, you yeah, say? Charlize Theron, Charlize Theron, yeah. They're apparently all oh, celebrating that their kids are messed up in the head and that they don't understand. And these parents are abusing their kids by not saying to them, no, you're a boy, honey. You've got boy genes. You've got boy hormones. You've got boy body parts. That makes you a boy. And if you think that you're a girl, then we need to you're work not. on that. Because you you're not. are not. Exactly. You're not. That's it. Um. There's a, who is this, Carrie and David Grant. They're in the UK. They're, uh, they're stars in the UK, I guess. Ms. Grant is a singer and a voice coach. Her husband was, was part of the 80s, grand, the 80s band Lynx. Never heard of Lynx. Um, and they're currently pitching their new book, A Very Modern Family, because they've got, all these, they've got these trans kids now. Trans kids. So they're a very, no, they're not. They're a very messed up family is what they are. Look, you know what? I we're not <clears throat> we're not here to ridicule or bash anyone, but we are here to tell the truth. And that's what MPHC is all about, telling the truth because the truth uh benefits everyone. When you know the truth, when you tell the truth, when you live the truth, Jesus said, "You will know the truth and the truth will set you free." If you believe a lie, if you believe deception, you're actually in bondage to that deception. And a lot of people don't even think about it like that. But that's exactly what's going on. Um, celebrities aren't the only ones that are heralding transgender and non, non-barren binary children. Parents routinely post on social media cheering their children's transition or advocating for transgender rights. <clears throat> they do it on social media. The increase in case of gender dysphoria in families with multi with multiple transgender children have led some medical and mental health professionals to suspect psychological illnesses such as narcissistic personality disorder in in the parents right because 
if the parents are posting this on social media, oh, my kid's trans. That, in their minds, in their warped minds, boosts their social standing. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And that's what what narcissism is, right? Mm -hmm. Narcissism, what characterizes narcissism, as I understand it, not being a psychologist, is that narcissistic personality disorder is one where the narcissist needs, they need affirmation and praise. They need affirmation and praise, and yet at the same time, they have no empathy for other people. So it's not just someone who's looking for attention or looking to be affirmed, right? Everyone likes to be affirmed. It's not just someone who has an inordinate need for affirmation. It's someone who has an inordinate need for affirmation and they have no compassion or sympathy for other people. Mm -hmm. So they can watch someone who's hurting and not feel anything. Or they can actually cause, inflict pain on someone and not feel anything because they have no compassion. And um, right after this ad, I got a really good point to make for you. Okay. All right. Good. Well, you know, we had him on the show yesterday. I'm talking about the ladies from Old for Heaven's Cakes. All boy, nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. I'm just going to say this in a nutshell. Uh, It doesn't matter. Cupcakes, cakes, whatever. If it's in Old for Heaven's Cakes, it's going to be darn, darn good. Walk in to find out more. They're on the north backside of the Grand Cities Mall. They're open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4, Saturdays 9 to noon. Call them, 701-757-CAKE, or you can go to OverHeavensCakes at yahoo.com. You know what? The holidays are here. Uh, for long, it's going to be graduations, uh, whatever. Order your stuff from Over Heaven's Cakes. Be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. Man, it is a great place. Check them out. Oh, for heaven's sakes, in the Grand Cities Mall. Just when you thought it was safe to be a kid again, the war on children, it's hidden agenda. On Grand Fork's best source, of course, uh, Paul, the producer, David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition here. And you were saying before we went into the break time there. So you were talking about narcissist personalities. Yes. Well, again, you know, going back to the kids and the access to all of this information and everything, do you think that... There's an uptick in narcissistic personalities with all these kids that are trying to be influencers on TikTok? Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I've talked with Dr. Jean Gullix about that, and she said that narcissism in American culture today is epidemic. We are facing an epidemic of narcissism. And so it's not just, and the scary thing about that is that it's not just people who, who, who want to make themselves look great and, and receive praise and affirmation from others. It's that they have no empathy towards other people. That's what makes it scary. When you have an entire generation of people who will make themselves look good at any cost and yet have no compassion or empathy, that's a, that's a disaster. It's, it's, you know, I find the term influencer really funny, too. Because if I was thinking of somebody that would be an influencer on, like, social media, yeah. I would think of, uh, who is it, Kirk Cameron? Is that his yeah. name? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and he's promoting these books uh, for kids on, you know, how to be, uh, you know, good, good Catholics, yep. strong yep. personalities, and that kind of stuff. That's an in, a positive influencer. But these narcissistic kids or whatever people on TikTok, they're not doing anything like that. All they're doing is, like... Shaking their ass in getting, front of a camera. Yeah, getting tattooed and looking like idiots. Yeah. And and these idiot kids think it's the greatest thing in the world. You know, I mean, really? Let's watch these couple of tattooed guys dance around a pool. 
boy, that's that is some. That's really good stuff there. But uh, yeah, and, and then they get paid for it. Yeah, and they're, and and they're they not get paid dearly and, for it. And, and and I mean, this you could you could yeah. And then and and as a society, we are paying dearly for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you go back to th- when when art began to change, so this is, should be in Paul's wheelhouse because because uh, Paul studied art at the university, and um, and there was this 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 time when art went from. Uh, something that was actually uh, art, yeah, art. <laughs> <laughs> to this just splatter paint on a canvas, mm-hmm. and we'll call that art. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, Dan's not here, but uh, Doctor Dan said that he he read the history of that, and he said that it was actually promoted by these people with big money, the the globalists, who who want to basically undo reality. They want to undo reality in our minds. So you mean like an old combine just painted white and call it art? Oh, okay. <laughs> I had to get that I in there. I, okay. Go down to the west end of town. You'll see them. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or that, what is that on, uh, on uh, what is it, on 42nd? Oh, by, uh, in front of the Alaire Center? The, yeah. Somebody put a bunch of stones with, yeah. with yeah, rebar we were there for sticking that. out. Remember that? Yep. 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 That's, yeah, and if you keep going that, north, that's when you see the white combine and stuff on the other side of Gateway. Yeah, I had, I had good conversations at that event. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. Oh, yeah, because you just got done building that thing, and they were talking about, oh, his vision and that. And I just looked at everybody, and I was like, all it is is broken concrete with rebar. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like from a construction, a, de- a dem- demolition site, right, yeah. or a war zone. And they're like, oh, it's supposed to look like the Sioux head. Where? It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, they fail. Fail. It was yeah. after a bunch of peyote. That I, it looked just we, like one. And what I, what I was asking people was, how much did we pay this guy for this? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, that guy really, really hosed you. You know, like, he, he was he was a con artist. Exactly. So, um, so who who are some of the who are some of the artists who do things like splatter paint on a canvas and then, and then call it art? Who are the big ones? Jackson Pollock. Jackson Pollock. Okay, yeah. so there was a, I read this article by an art professor at a university who put up a slide on the screen for his art students, and he said, I want you to all observe this, uh, a, a new Jackson Pollock that, that really has not been seen before, and I want to, to analyze it and give your – oh, I just – oh, this is brilliant. The way that he put the red, you know, the, the, the little splatters of red on the bottom because it emphasizes – you can see the angst that he's feeling, and then – Combine that with the yellow and the blue over on the side, and, and they do this whole thing, and they all write about talking about what, how brilliant this this art is. Until he says, "Let me show you a wider shot," and he pulls back. No, it's his painting smock. It wasn't anything <laughs> by anybody. It was just it was, how he randomly it was done by an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> you know? oh, so, so what's the point? The point is, oh yeah, Dadaism is just a complete joke. Who? Dadaism. It's uh, Dada is the idea that everything is just random. So, like that smock, that would be considered a piece well, of Dada art. Well, you know, there's that saying. You if know, I'm not mistaken, um, um, one man's junk could be another man's treasure. treasure. I guess there's, you know, it might so, not be art to me. Maybe it is 
for them. I, you know. But you know what? I, but yeah, so one man's junk is another man's treasure. So one guy throws out an old tire that's blown out. Another guy takes it, he cuts it in half, uh, drills some holes into it, and he makes a swing out of it for his kids. Yeah. Or or he he shaves off sections of it and puts it on the bottom of his leather sandals. Mm -hmm. I mean, so it's not that something isn't useful just because its original function no longer works, but art. How can we? So, what's the definition of art? I'm sure that if you if you go on, I don't know if you go online, you'll find something different than if you go to a dictionary 50 years ago and mm-hmm. ask for the definition of art. Here, you can but, uh, do read the definition of Dadaism for me. The definition of of Dadaism, Dada art, or what is Dadaism or Dada art or Dadaist? This is based uh, according to Artland magazine. Dadaism was a movement with explicitly political overtones. A reaction to the senseless slaughter of the trenches of World War One. It essentially declared war against. No, no, I was thinking right here. Oh, that. Yep. Oh. A movement in art and literature based on deliberate irrationality and negation of traditional artistic values. Hmm. How about that? But apparently, it was a. It started off as a as a. A movement with explicitly political overtones, and 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 I believe that's true, and I believe that. The whole, the Jackson Pollock and the Andy Warhols and all that stuff. Let's take a, a tomato soup can and take a picture of it um, or paint a picture of it and call that art. It, hey, I'm not saying that still lifes aren't art. But I believe that art, true art, is a reflection or a reproduction of something in nature that is truly beautiful. Uh, that's the primary definition of art, to, to recreate, you know, what God has created is beautiful. So when someone paints a picture of a flower or a, or a beautiful sunset with trees or an ocean or uh, an animal or a person, um, they are recreating on canvas or in marble uh, or it could be in, 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 in written form, uh, something that is beautiful, something that can be appreciated and admired uh, by normal, healthy human beings. You know, I, I don't, I, I've never heard anybody look at a rose and say, what a piece of junk, that thing is ugly, yeah. get that out of here. No, I've never heard anyone say that about mm-hmm. a rose mm-hmm. or any other of the flowers that we look at and consider very beautiful. I've never looked at anybody who's taken a, you know, I mean, you could do this and you could say, hey, Want to see my rose? There is my rose. I've never had, I've never, no normal person will look at that and say, oh, that's, oh, David, that's so beautiful. You're so gifted. You're so talented. I wish I could do that. I wish I could. You can. Yeah. Anybody can do, just grab the paper and crinkle it up. That's, that's not art. And here's, here's something else. Calling it art doesn't make it art. Right, right. (laughs) Calling myself a medical doctor doesn't hey you know i identify as a medical doctor in fact i identify as a surgeon so john if you ever have any heart problems come to me okay take care of you. yeah my wife is uh, a doctor but not a medical doctor and she prefers not to be called doctor really yeah and unless it's for like some formal thing and she wants to get somebody's attention you know <laughs> so she has a doctor of philosophy doesn't she yes yeah that's what phd stands mm-hmm. for doctor of philosophy right uh, which means that you're able to think at a level that makes you special. <laughs> uh, she's uh, um, biochemistry, microbiology, you know, well, same thing Dr. Dan. 
Same thing. Bio, yeah. Molecular microbiology, biochemistry. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. With so, a degree in nutrition. Which means that you're the, 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 so philosophically, you should be able to take the knowledge that you've gained and make deductions and analyze uh, what you see at a deeper level than the average Joe who doesn't understand all of those things, mm -hmm. right? But, but I'll be honest, John, I've met some people with PhDs who are complete idiots. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, who, who literally couldn't think their way out of a paper bag. And it makes me wonder, how do they ever get their PhD before chat GPT? Yeah. You know, I mean, how do they do that? I, or maybe the other people, maybe the people that were reading their, their doctoral dissertations, maybe they were idiots too. Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe it was all political. I, I, who, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, and my wife was a high school dropout, by the way. <laughs> she was. So was Albert. I think Einstein was too, wasn't yeah, he? Well, she was bored with it. So she dropped out, got her, GH, her GED, and joined the Air Force for 12 years so oh, and then wow. got her phd afterwards so, so GED, that stands for good enough degree right something like that yeah <laughs> so so going back to the children there's this dr erica lee she was a pediatrician in spokane washington who considers herself a liberal okay this is a woman who thinks of herself a liberal as a liberal but she began to question why doctors were advocating for medical procedures to transition children without solid scientific evidence that the procedures come with overwhelming benefits for the young patients, okay? Because she doesn't see any solid, overwhelming scientific mm -hmm. evidence mm -hmm. that they actually create a benefit. And she says, if the cause, so she didn't say this, if the cause of gender dysphoria is unknown in a patient, um, I guess she did say this, uh, if, if the cause of gender dysphoria is unknown in a patient and the pro prognosis of treatment is uncertain, then radical treatment with morbid side effects isn't, justified she said it wasn't in quotes so i wasn't sure mm -hmm. um she now believes that contemporary gender medicine is no longer based on reality that's pretty significant coming from a liberal yeah. doctor yeah and in fact she says that it's more about ideology and the outcomes of and long-term side effects of treating gender dysphoria are murky until recently gender dysphoria was rare and occurred mainly in young males and left untreated, generally corrected itself by the time they uh, reached puberty or shortly after puberty. And for those who didn't, um, where it didn't work its way out, those guys ended up being gay. Okay? <clears throat> so that's a whole discussion in and of itself, right? What, what leads to homosexuality, what causes homosexuality in, in men, and what, causes, uh, what leads to female... What causes same-sex attraction in either sex? Mm -hmm. And I've spoken with, uh, with a couple of guys who, who, who had same-sex attraction. They lived the gay lifestyle to one degree or another and ended up leaving it. And one of the things that, uh, that I found interesting in one of the one of the gentlemen that I talked with was that his father was very abusive and uh, he, he thought he was trying to make his kid tough, but he was abusive both physically and emotionally okay. to his son. And so he had, he, he really distanced himself from his father as sure. a young, as sure. a young boy. Mm -hmm. His mother was kind and she was loving toward him. So he said that he, he wanted to be more like her. And she was also feminine, so he began acting more effeminate because he 
admired his mother and wanted to be like her. He certainly didn't want to be like his father, his abusive father. And then he said <clears throat> when he hit puberty and started having these sex hormones flowing through his body and he's dealing with sexual tension and sexual arousal, he, he was very emotionally close to his mother and the idea of the idea of sexual attraction to his best friend just was just, that was kind of hideous to him. So he's having sexual feelings. He's very close with his mother and he's got this hole, this vacuum in his life with a same sex individual who would be his father. He doesn't have any closeness with his father. So there's a vacuum there because little boys are created to bond with their father, right? Mm -hmm. He hasn't bonded yeah. with his father, so he has no same-sex relationship. That's supposed to be a, a, a non-sexual relationship, this, the relationship of the, the boy and his father. But he didn't have that. So now he, he hits puberty. He's close to his mother. He's feeling these sexual feelings. He has no man in his life, no male figure in his life, no same-sex relationship that's non-sexual so he begins to have sexual attraction towards sure other men <clears throat> or in his case boys and that stayed with him for for some time so i think that the boys that are you know that are unsure of their sexuality uh even after puberty and then they go into homosexual lifestyles or behaviors or feelings um there could be a direct link to the fact that they maybe didn't have a good relationship with their dad. Now, that's not saying that everybody that doesn't have a good relationship with their dad is going to become gay or have same-sex feelings. There are lots of guys that have been abused by their fathers that don't turn out that way. But some do, and it seems like there's a predominance among boys that were abused by their fathers or had no real close relationship with their fathers. And then when it comes to girls, lesbianism, uh, it turns out that's often linked to dads as well. Because fathers who abuse, who sexually abuse their daughters, that's horrific to the daughters. So they automatically have uh, an aversion and even a revulsion towards men. But women are safe. And so they go towards women. So you know what that means? It means there's a tremendous load of responsibility on men who have children. And so fathers need to protect their children. Um, and this, uh, this, this article actually talks about that and what happens in some cases when doctor, when, when, when fathers try to protect their children. Um, so, so anyway, Dr. Lee now in some, says some cases she sees other forces at work, parents with personality disorders, narcissism, the narcissism of some of these mothers has to be exposed. Dr. Lee said mothers in particular may use the attention from having a transgender child to climb the social hierarchy. Can you imagine using can you imagine using your child, abusing your child so that you can climb a social ladder? I mean that to me, Paul, that's repulsive. <clears throat> but she's she's actually seeing that happening. Um, she says those she 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 calls personality research the, she refers to the dark triad. Those exhibiting the dark triad expresses Machiavellianism, which uses deception to win power. They also express underlying uh, psychopathy, such as amoral behavior, and they express narcissism, 
which is the need for admiration coupled with the absence of empathy for others, which is what I mentioned before. Are you going to say something? Oh, uh, well, there was something that uh, I thought was kind of funny, um, you know, when you talk about these kids transitioning. And if you haven't seen that documentary with Matt Walsh, you know, uh, What is a Woman? Uh, I definitely mm-hmm. recommend right. it. But he has this one conversation with this pediatrician, and it's just hilarious because she's saying, well, you know, if the, the kid believes that they're in the, in the wrong body, well, then we should help them by putting them on puberty blockers and all this kind of stuff. And he said, is Santa Claus real? <laughs> and she, she said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, they believe in Santa. So you're telling me that anything that they believe in is real. Or something mm-hmm. along those lines. Okay. Like, so Santa Claus has to be real because sure. they believe in him. Yeah. Just like they believe in yeah. that they're in the wrong body. I, um, and she said, oh, I think that that's about, she, yeah. she dismissed that. My, my wife, uh, I think she watches Newsmax. Yes. Is that a decent yeah. oh, news? That now? is. Newsmax is and, decent. Uh, yes. This morning we were watching it, and uh, it was about, I, I believe it was a girl who had the sex change into a man. And now wants to go back to being a woman. And woe is me. Everybody should feel sorry for me. You know, maybe you should have thought about it a little harder from the beginning. You know, because how many of this is how many times will this happen now that they're allowing these kids at what age 13, whatever, to be able to do what they want. Their parents are all for it. Now, what happens if they don't want to stay that way and they want to go back? That should not be an insurance job. It shouldn't be anything that has to pay for it. Should be the damn parents that have to pay for it if they want it because they're the ones that let it go in the first place. Yeah, well, not only did they let it go, but they often promoted it. Sure. So, so listen to this. This is in February. Jamie Reed, a former case manager at the Washington University transgender, he was the case manager at the Washington University Transgender Center at St. Louis Children's Hospital. He exposed the practices at the clinic and described the parents who were adamant about transitioning their children adamant these parents insist you're going to transition my boy or my girl or my him my child into whatever he or she wants to be his revelations became a catalyst for the missouri lawmakers to draft a law barring hormone therapy for minors in july a july article appearing in lgbt courage coalition ms reed wrote about how children at the clinic were victims of one parent's own psychological needs the children are the victims of the parents' psychological needs, or rather the parents' psychosis, yeah. the parents' Jordan, psychological illness. Jordan Peterson talked about this with a, a couple that came out, and they were promoting that one of their kids was transgender, and then the other one was non-binary. And he said, the, cha- the chances of you having one kid that's transgender and another kid that's non-binary is like a billion to one. Right. He's like, the only way that that could happen is by the parents pushing it on them. Yeah. Or them watching Cardi B. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, which doesn't help. So, so Ms. Ms. Reed, listen to this. Quote, as horrible as this is to say, I did see parents, primarily moms, who showed signs of Manchusen syndrome by proxy. Ms. Reed, a lesbian, this one was a lesbian, and she sees this going on. Described how the clinic tore families apart when both parents didn't agree to putting their children on hormones. Fathers often attempted to stop the the medical transitioning of their children. And she said staff often referred to those fathers as idiots 
or said they had patriarchal issues. Oh, yeah. Often the dads, quote, often the dads were fighting for the most reasonable things, more time in therapy, therapy with a, a provider who would actually explore where his child's desire to escape his or her own body was coming from, time to allow mental health professionals to do proper uh, psychotherapy, Ms. Reed wrote, adding that she no longer trusts affirming doctors because they are, quote, blinded by ideology. This is a lesbian woman who's saying that she no longer trusts the doctors who are affirming of gender transition or gender care because she's seen the abuse. She is actually defending these fathers who wanted to protect their children. I think that says a lot in and of itself. She's certainly not a conservative. She's not a Republican. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she's saying... She doesn't. She she sees this horrible abuse going on. Likewise, in the UK, the Tavistock and Portman gender clinics accepted about thirty children under the age of five, under five, in a two-year period ending in twenty twenty-two, according to the National Health Service data. Oh, about half of those were younger than four. Wow. So you're going to take your your three-year-old in, your two-year-old in, and have them sliced apart and sewn back together and given uh, permanently life-altering, gender-changing drugs, hormone-changing drugs. Uh, Dr. Ha Oz Hakim, a psychiatrist who worked at the Portman Clinic until 2012, was quoted by The Telegraph saying... He was concerned with cases that smacked of transhousing by proxy. Dr. Hakim told the news outlets that he'd seen a significant number of grieving parents who'd lost a child. This doesn't, it gets worse. Who lost a child and eventually had another baby. And some of the parents wanted to transition the latter-born child to the sex of the child who died. Oh, gee. Well, you know, we lost little Johnny, and then we so had let's Sally. Make a new one. So let's make Sally into a Johnny. Yeah, jeez. I mean, this is now now we're moving into the demonic realm. Yeah, absolutely. He described instances in which parents of toddlers toddlers came to the clinic wanting a son instead of a daughter, or vice versa. And in one example, he said the parents changed the name of their male child and put a wig on his head to shore up their belief that he was really a girl. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> this is happening in real life. This is not wow. a nightmare thing. I'm not. This isn't a horror movie. Think script. what that's doing to the kid. That's... You know, just think what that is going. To, what that's going to do to this child. Probably, uh, the child's going to probably be in and out of uh, juvenile courts, whatever, and he'll probably be in the penal system forever. He's probably not going to be all there for the rest right. of his life. So, so John, since you say that, uh, I met a man. I think he's in his his late seventies, early eighties, um, who went to visit his aunt when he was five, six years old. She was a seamstress, and she made a purple, beautiful purple dress mm -hmm. for him mm -hmm. and dressed him in it, and told him how pretty he was. And she did this over and over again. Whenever he came to visit, she did, his parents didn't know about it. Her husband sexually molested him while he's wearing this dress. This boy then went back. She, he eventually took the dress home and uh, hid it in his, in his drawer at the bottom of the dresser drawer. His mother found it, showed it to his father. His father beat him with a wooden 
floorboard. Uh, do you think that kid got messed up in yeah, the head well, from yeah. that? You know, and then they wonder why the kid goes and, uh, you know, kills his aunt and uncle and his dad. You know? Jeez, I wonder why. Which, thankfully, he didn't do. But as he got older, he he knew he was messed up in the head. He went to see a psychiatrist who said, oh, you're just in the wrong body. You need to transition to because you're really a, you're really a woman in a man's body. So he had the surgery, took the... Took the drugs, the hormones, then he got really messed up. He lost his job. He lost. He was a brilliant man, a brilliant engineer. Uh, he wrote a book about it. Um, ended up becoming a Christian. Transitioned back, but this man was a victim at every single step of the every stage of the game. A victim. He was victimized first by his aunt, then by his uncle, then by his father, and then by a psychologist who said to this traumatized individual, oh, yeah, you just need to transition, and then you'll be happy. He created a website called... Um, called um, hold on, I'll get it. It'll come to me. Uh, sexchangeregret.com. <clears throat> and he put uh, his story on there, and he said, if you've had a sex change operation and regret it like I do, please email me. And he, he's had, he said, literally, at this point, this is like, I don't know, 20, 30 years later, he said over 2 million emails from people saying, how do wow. I go back? I was convinced that this was the way that I had to do it. This is what, all these people are, are, are abused. And, uh, and he said, yeah, there aren't a lot of good answers for them. So it gets worse, uh, but we're kind of up against the clock here, aren't we? So yeah. why don't we, uh, we'll do uh, We're Against Children Part 2 next. Hey, really quickly, though, uh, did you guys see um, that interview with Elon Musk? No. He told, I, just a minute of it, yeah. Where he told him to, so he basically uh, had companies threaten to pull their advertising. From for, X? From X, uh-huh. you know, if he, for what, whatever reason, I don't even know what the reasoning was. But he said, so you're going to threaten me with money? Yeah. <laughs> said you're gonna you're gonna threaten to pull advertising and threaten me with money go f yourself and then he's he said seriously really? if you, you're gonna try to threaten me with money go f yourself and then he waves wow. and he says hi bob oh bob Iger from disney yep because <laughs> he was in the Whoa. audience <laughs> how about that huh that's something yeah, yeah. Well, he he has uh, he's got a backbone, that's for sure. Yeah, I still don't know what to think of that guy, but uh, he he's got a backbone. So by doing that, so let's just think about that for just one quick second. By doing that, now any of the so he said this to what? Where was the meeting? It was at a group. It was a, like at a, a yeah, big it was thing, like in an it? auditorium, big or convention yeah. thing, big convention yeah. for the big CEOs of all the top what the whatever. Fortune five hundred company, yeah. Fortune one hundred, whatever it is. Uh, so now <laughs> what that did was it just put all those guys on notice. Now, if you pull your funding, if you pull your ads, it proves that you're checking, right? It, it, it proves that you're checking. And one of the things that's uh, funny about it is that, so I, I don't know if it was Ben Shapiro or Dan Bongino that I was listening to, but they made a really valid point 
that them pulling the advertising, they're not just doing it because they disagree with it. They're promoting it. So they're trying to promote that what they're doing. So Disney didn't just pull the advertising. They had to put it out on social media and everybody saying, we're taking our advertising away from X. Yeah. Right. You know, so they couldn't just, they couldn't just pull it. They had to, they had to make a point of it. And my understanding is that it's correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that the genesis of that whole argument, that whole thing was, uh, due to the fact that, um, uh, someone, so there, there are these algorithms that, that, that just put the ads on different, you know, connected with different sites, right? Like somebody puts content on X and then these ads pop up, Right. And someone just sat there and waited and waited and waited on on some. I think it was an anti-Semitic, uh, some anti-Semitic site or some guy that's railing against Jews. And they waited until this ad for Disney or whoever it was popped up next to his site, and then they screenshotted it and said, "See, Disney promotes this." But it, but it, what, X didn't do that intentionally. It was just, it's just. And, and, and he said it's he actually, AI, yeah, AI. I think, yeah, AI thing. So I think that Musk went back and looked through and he said that um, it had appeared on, I don't know how many million other sites before it accidentally got connected to that one. And that's when the guy screenshot it. So in other words, it's, it was all, it was all blown out of proportion for no reason. It, 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 it's like, it'd be like you walking past some anti-Semite out on the, you know, out in the, the, the mall mm-hmm. or walking, is, is walking next to him or, or walking past him and someone shoots a picture of you when you're right next to him and say, oh, he's one of them. Look, here's yeah. this picture with that guy. You know who that guy is, don't you? It was the same kind of a thing. But rather than accepting a logical explanation like that, so well, we're pulling all of our ads because you're anti-Semite. No, that's like that crap they did that to that kid in Tampa Bay. Did you see that? Yeah, black. They, they, they tried to make it look to... like he was blackface. Is just because they, they they only took one side of his face. The other side was painted red. Oh, it was his team color, oh, of course. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. yeah, same thing. A little kid who knew didn't know any better. He just thought he was wow. there supporting his team. So and then, and then they say crap. he's blackface. Well, oh. actually, I think if I remember right, a lot of the fans I think supported the kid, and I think a lot of them. Dressed the same way for the next game or oh, really? something, or they plan yep. on doing it the next home yeah, game I think, I think to support this kid because all these woke libtards are right away. Their kid doesn't even know what blackface means for Pete's yeah, sake, right. but, you know? but the picture that they put up on social media was just the one half, sure, just right. the black just side, the black yeah, side. right, yep. Yep. right, exactly. Right. You know, there's anyway. a fair, yeah, yeah. All right, we'll get back into it next week. All right. Well, uh, thank you for coming in. My pleasure. Um, by thank the way, you, our show today, uh, Hidden Agenda, brought to you by Churchill Shoes. Oop. Churchill Shoes has moved. One of the largest SAS dealers in the upper Midwest is now in the Grand Cities Mall and ready to find you a pair of shoes that you will love. At Churchill Shoes, they measure both feet to make sure you're getting the proper fit. They carry men's and women's styles and offer free special orders when shoes aren't in stock and free in-town delivery. Churchill Shoes has operated in Grand Forks for over 65 years and over 75 years of shoe fitting experience on their staff and can cater to all of your footwear needs. Open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and Saturday from 9 to 3. Call 701-772-8256 or online at churchillshoesnd.com. Next time you're in need of footwear, give us a try. Your feet will be glad you did. 
Churchill Shoes in the Grand Cities Mall. All right, and again, thank you for uh, coming on in today. <laughs> David Waterman with Midwest Public Health Coalition. And, of course, Paul, the producer. Uh, tomorrow, we wrap up our Hockey Outlook Showcase for the season with East Grand Forks girls hockey coach Alex Robertson. Uh, Robertson, if you like hockey, you're going to want to tune in. We've hit all the local coaches, high school coaches. Uh, you know, we've even been getting uh, people messaging, wondering about maybe possibly other sports. We'll have to see. But, again, if you like hockey, you're going to want to tune in. Hey, remember, everybody, to like, share, tag, and follow us. Hit that uh, notification bell on your smartphone. Uh, your phone will ding every time we're ready to go in. And thank you in uh, helping us give the Grand Cities an identity again by donating online at gfbestsource.com. You know, we love the Grand Cities. It's a great place. Grand Fork's best source is giving them an identity again.